This episode is a bit of a special editions wagtail episode. It's not quite the same as what you may have heard me do before, but I'm joined by a really special guest and a good friend of mine, Yahya from Palestine. Something I haven't spoken about on the podcast or much in my work with Wagtail Institute is that I actually lived in Palestine back in 2016 and I taught English there and I met some of my favorite people and really good friends. So it feels really important to actually use this platform as an opportunity to talk about what's going on and what life is like for people in the West Bank. Yahya is actually someone I met in Australia, surprisingly, as he obtained a scholarship and was able to come here and study in Sydney. I could have talked to Yahya about a number of topics as he has studied social science and community development and has worked for NGOs in Palestine. However, we really use this as an opportunity just to talk about the general situation and what life is like on a day-to-day basis in the West Bank. He's also provided some really helpful links with some valid information that you'll find in the show notes for this episode. Also important to note that when Yahya is mentioning the number of settlers living in the West Bank, he speaks in hundreds, but what he's really referring to is hundreds of thousands. So currently there's an estimated almost 800,000 Israeli settlers living in the West Bank. Hello and welcome to the Wagtails podcast. My name is Megan Corcoran and I'm the director of the Wagtail Institute. In this podcast, I invite some pretty cool people to come and have a conversation with me on all things trauma, healing, education and well-being. I started this podcast as I realised some of the biggest learning that has happened in my career has been through meeting really great people that are working in the field and having great conversations with them. As I mentioned, I'm joined in this episode by my really good friend all the way from Ramallah in the West Bank in Palestine, Yahya. Uh, Without having to really say much more, let's just dive straight into the episode. All right. Welcome to the 19th episode of the Wagtails podcast. I actually have a very, very, very special guest here with me. Well, it's this evening for me. It's the morning for him. I have my friend Yahya here from all the way from Ramallah in Palestine. Welcome, Yahya. Uh, Welcome, Megan. It's nice. (laughs) see you again yeah it's so good to see your face again after so many years um so yeah yeah i always start the podcast by asking the guests just to tell us a little bit about who they are uh what they do and what their life is like great uh, so um, i start my my name my name is yahya um and i am from originally actually i'm from originally from uh, the countryside of Jenin, but i live uh, in ramallah for work um like on a professional level in career level i uh i studied accounting i studied and worked as an accountant for many years but it took me so many years to just to realize the fact that i am not an accountant and i always always say that accountancy is like a mindset i don't have it and i don't (laughs) want to develop it so i like I tried another path. I studied uh, uh, social uh, social sciences, a master degree of development studies in Sydney, Australia, and this is when I met. We met uh, actually. It is uh, on more personal level. Like I'm, um, uh, like usually you have difficulties in like uh, 
like defining yourself but yeah i'm like uh i i am i know i don't know i'm like i'm obsessed with listening to music like every any every and any kind of music um i am um, define myself as an optimist guy always and uh, uh, So I come from Jenin, countryside of Jenin. Uh, uh, I love I love reading uh, all kind of readings. When I was growing up, I was um, uh, a bit more uh, into literature and novels and whatever. But like more and more, uh, I shifted toward like more practical um, uh, readings about like economy. political economy, anthropology, sociology, politics, of course. You can't mm-hmm. be a Palestinian and don't understand politics. You have to understand what's going on around the world. Absolutely. And this is, um, I guess, why I've brought you on the podcast as well. I think um, a lot of my podcast listener, listeners may not know that I've actually lived in Palestine before. I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. Uh, so this is the first time talking about Palestine on the podcast. Um, but interestingly, uh, yes, yeah, so I lived there and I taught there for a little while. But I actually did meet Yahya when he came to Australia uh, to study, which was interesting as well, because it's not common for a Palestinian to actually be able to come to Melbourne and come to Sydney and study and then return home as well. So it was a very unique situation to meet Yahya in that way. Um, But as everyone knows who's listening, Palestine is not going through a very easy time at the moment. Um, And people are now starting to really learn about what Palestine is really like and what the life is like there. Um, so, Yahya, how are things for you right now and how is the situation in the West Bank and in Ramallah? Uh, it's like since October 7, we all know that uh, what's going on Gaza, but uh, maybe there is in, enough focus on what is exactly going in the West Bank. So it's a bit of what was happening during the the last eight decades. but it's now going on a higher scale. Mm-hmm. For example, um, since like I came back from my village, from visiting my family on the 6th of um, October, and since then I couldn't go visit my family. I, I didn't see my mother, my brothers since then because it is, it is not safe to travel. Mm-hmm. For example, but I just I like uh, me and my brother just uh, keep talking about he lives somewhere around Ramallah and like um, we were uh, discussing like like enough is enough we are going anyway so last week we couldn't but uh, hopefully we are planning for like a visit next week and it's like it's one one hour and a half drive one hour and a half drive and. It will take, uh, sometimes it will take hours. Sometimes you can't make it. And every time, like every second, every moment you are traveling, you like you cannot exclude uh, unpleasant events to happen, like settler uh, checkpoints. Uh, uh, maybe I don't want to start to talk about the situation like by starting from this point, but like, Uh, to, to talk about um, Palestine, like what's actually going, I was thinking that we might bit like uh, just give this um, current 
or maybe we we start maybe with like a bit of like historical background on how did things uh lead to what's going on here but like now it's like yeah it's um, since october like more than 3000 palestinian has been uh, in the west bank has been uh, arrested mm. there is almost uh, before uh, up to Jan uh, October 7 there was around 250 murders in the West Bank uh, but uh, since October we have I think 150 160 murders in the last two almost two months now yeah uh, the the scale of destruction it's in my yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's a new scale the amount of nitrates of the occupation army in the cities in the villages in the camps it's uh, and they are purposefully like during their raid they uh, bring bulldozers just to dis- destruct whatever infrastructure they face streets water line uh, stores buildings um and it's happening, of course, on like uh, a daily, hourly, maybe hourly. Uh, settlers has escalated uh, their attacks. For example, since since October seven, the the Israeli uh, ministry of like they call it uh, like internal security ministry or something like, and the uh, the one who was like in charge of the that ministry like right now is like one of the most extremist uh fanatic like actually he was classified as terrorist by like by israel itself like by israel mm-hmm. police he is a terrorist yeah and and now he is the minister of home like homeland security or something like this mm-hmm. so since october 7 like he he was like saying that like settlers need to protect themselves from the palestinians so they were like the state were giving uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, machine gun automatic machine gun uh, like and different kind of like assault rifles to settlers to protect themselves so hundreds of thousands of these have been like gived to to settler like despite that they are like heavily armed in the first place exactly this is just yeah. this is this is just extra and uh, his another like the ministry the minister of finance is like another classified terrorist by the is by the by israel themselves and now he is uh, the uh, the ministry like the minister of finance and like he is uh during also during his um during the last two months he was like okay those all who got new free gun need to be trained like because they don't maybe maybe they can't use uh so yeah he's um allocating more money to build uh like training facilities for those settlers who who just have their free uh, gun and um uh, settlers like are like they are attacking villages they are attacking as you know that 
last like November is the month where we pick our olives. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the pillars of like, I cannot speak enough. I cannot um, evaluate enough the, 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 the importance of like olive tree and olive harvesting in Palestinian culture. Like it's one of the founding pillars of our identity, our culture as Palestinian. But uh, uh, and it's at the same time, it is a, a high season for settler to attack Palestinian yeah. Yeah. during his, uh, this, se- this season. So as it's always, but now it's more, it's like, mm, it's happening more frequently nowadays. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm aware that some people listening may not even know that there are settlers in the West Bank and who settlers are as well. Um, so yeah. maybe if we just backtrack a little bit and explain who settlers are and what they're doing in the West Bank. Um, I would say that like Palestine was was occupied uh, on two stages. The first stage was in 1948. Yeah. Occupation like controlled uh, 78% of Palestine. Um, except West Bank, Gaza Strip, and East Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and they came. They came back on sixty-seven and occupied the rest of Palestine. Yeah. Uh, starting from early seventies, um, Israelis start building settlements inside the land that they occupied as uh, in the in 67 in 2000 uh, sorry in 1993 when we palestinian um, signed a peace agreement it's called oslo accord or oslo agreement there was uh uh one, like almost 150 170 settlers living in palestine so, like, just 150, maybe 170. Yeah, just, just yeah. that. Yeah. But but today we are talking about like 750 plus settlers mm. who are living in. Um, so, in a, like, in a sense, it's like West Bank. It's it's another another open air prison. Mm. In comparing to Gaza, it's like yeah, it's. It's uh, and it's uh, it's like it's weird way way to have this comparison, but it's like it's way better than than uh, than Gaza. Mm. Uh, but still, it's a prison camp. Uh, people, not all Palestinians can leave. Mm. Was, uh, me myself, I am like I was trying to travel to Turkey to like this March and like. On the border, I just discovered that Israeli saying that you are not allowed to leave Palestine. That's easy. You don't know why, and you have to go through whatever process it will take years to 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 get out or to solve this problem, if ever. So let's talk about the fanatic uh, settlers again. And um, settlers, like settlement, is it's something defined by international law as illegal, uh, illegal. Yeah. 
by international law, they shouldn't be settler, uh, settlements anyway. And they are growing uh, in size, in number, as we just the, said, the, the growing numbers between in the last 30 years. It's more than tripled. And um, most settlers are of like uh, extremists, extremist uh, Jewish settler who think that uh, Arab should uh, vanish. They, mm. like, they should be exterminated. Uh, this like, uh, yeah, this is basically this is this is this is their ideology. This is what they are doing. This is actually what they are doing on a daily basis. Since we were talking about like since October 7, they did uh, start a new thing. They are start making uh, a kill list of Palestinian uh, and making and doing like uh, making these lists and share it among them and among their like WhatsApp group, Facebook group, whatever. Like people so, they people they have killed or people they're aiming to kill. They aim to kill like a photo of uh, a person, and mm -hmm. there is like a, I don't know that a target mm -hmm. on on their face, and saying that uh, this uh, this should be exterminated, and mm. uh, and they they will add to the list the name of the guy. Uh, most of them are guys, as far I know. I don't know if they're women on them. But I'm sure there, there is. Uh, so they put the, the 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 name of the person, his uh, uh, his her phone number, his her address, and uh, of course a lot of hate uh, speech. They are saying, for example, that um, that for example, there was like many cases that occupation came and demolished uh, like. Uh, a pizza store or a, a grocery store during the last two months because the settlers uh, were saying that this guy uh, showed support to Gaza by posting this picture and he should mm. be uh, punished. So just the uh, army bulldozer came and just demolished uh, the, the store. This is kind of who settlers are. Mm. Settlers basically say like uh, they're they are saying that Palestinians should be exterminated. Actually, the 160 Palestinian that has has been killed since October 7, many of them was killed by settlers. Uh, there are more than 150, uh, more than 1500 has been injured. A lot of them, several hundreds of them, has been injured by settlers themselves, not by the army. Mm. And I will talk about one incident that happened occurred last month in uh, Nablus, where they came and um, like attack a village in Nablus and start shooting at people in the village and killed two. Next day, during the funeral of those two has been killed, settlers again attacked their funeral and killed another four. That was in Kusra, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, Kusra. that's actually, that's where I used to teach. That was the, I lived in Nablus and I taught English in Kusra. So yeah, I know quite a few people that were affected by that situation. Exactly. 
So these are settlers uh, growing in number, growing in extremism, growing on the size of the settlers. And of course, if you are uh, if you are uh, uh, expanding, then you are uh, taking more lands and more and more lands of the nearby Palestinian villages. They they I can see like you can we can see like we can speak days about settlers like but. Since we since we talked about uh, olive, mm-hmm. uh, it's like I I can say that they hate olive tree, like they hate olive tree, and they they always like like on a weekly basis you will find that settlers just uh, cut uh, several tens or several trees or maybe several hundreds of olive tree. In total, since sixty seven, Israel Israel army and Israeli settler killed more than eight hundred thousand olive tree. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, when I was uh, living there, I was there during November, during the um, olive picking season, and um, some friends that I made actually asked me to go pick olives with them because they thought if they if the settlers saw a white person picking olives with the family, they would feel a bit safer. Um, they feel like the the settlers wouldn't attack them or show any violence if there was a white person present with them. Uh, so they they taught me the whole process of picking the olives, and uh, luckily we, we we were safe while we did it. So it was it was an honor to help <laughs> in that way at the time as well. Yeah, and like uh, such as yourself, like there is uh, you mean no, there's like there is hundreds of uh, international uh, uh, people who are come to Palestine in solidarity and uh, like some of them just come into the country specifically to help Palestinian during during uh, olive harvesting or olive picking for the same reason that because uh, the existence of existence of like uh, a white international American European Australian uh, person, would provide some protection to those who to the to the Palestinian. Yeah. And something yeah yeah I think people probably would not understand or not be sure what happens is um when a settler um you know does something illegal does well obviously they're living illegally anyway but when they are violent towards a Palestinian or in the case of where they've even killed a Palestinian what actually happens to them legally is there a, a process through the courts does anything happen are they protected? Uh, like nothing happened. Nothing happened. Uh, in very, very few cases, the settler who did kill uh, get arrested, go through the so-called judicial system, and uh, like conviction rate is zero. Mm. They would claim self-defense not- or something uh, yeah I, 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 yeah like anything and but basically like like the killer going through the, the judicial system itself like it's a very very few cases mm. like in that i'm talking since like since 67 we are talking about like maybe tens 20s cases mm-hmm. in the in the in the last 50 50 years yeah. if not so i 
I, I tried to exaggerate the number just <laughs> <laughs> yeah no problem at all and before you were saying it's um at the moment it's really dangerous for palestinians in the west bank to travel anywhere so you haven't seen your family since october 6. um so what would actually if you are to go what are you looking at having to experience and what what would that journey look like for you so on average time there is a seven hundred plus checkpoints in the west bank mm. and for people at home the west bank is very small it's a very small place i yeah you, you like yeah if, if if there was no checkpoints you can cross the the whole west bank like in maybe two hours two yeah. hours and 30 yeah. minutes yeah but um the in terms of like movement so there is something they called um, bypass roads. It is designed in a way to to limit movement for the Palestinian. Uh, like as there if there if as if there is uh, or there are uh, bottlenecks between north part, central part, and southern southern part of the west. Uh, West Bank. So at these three bottleneck, if you just close this checkpoint or road, road block, or I don't know if checkpoint is the politically correct uh, term, but uh, if you close that checkpoint, then you will separate north from uh, central West Bank. And uh, the, these roads are basically uh, this net of of road is basically built to serve settlement and uh, the occupation just decide depending on the security situation depending if we are Palestinian can use or cannot use these these uh, these these roads and since it it is there to serve to serve uh, settler. So while you are traveling, uh, you will come across, uh, come sorry, come by or come next many settlement and they throw stone. They shoot at people. They themselves go and block the road. Uh, like. You will find, for example, like this, uh, this scenario is more like more frequently occurring in Anablos village called uh, Hiwara. Hiwara that has been like it was in the media because of settler uh, attacks, even like before uh, in, in September or in August. They just attacked the, 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 the village and burned maybe 500. 150 cars and uh, make money like burn many 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 grooves and uh, attack many houses so you will find settlers just 10 15 of them with their with their uh, assault rifle just blocking the road and uh, preventing people from uh, continuing their way to whatever to wherever they are going you will find checkpoints uh, you cannot cross you cannot drive like more than 
30 minutes without uh, crossing a checkpoint. And checkpoints are like, um, so they will check your identity. They will uh, ask you questions. They, they can hold you for hours without any reason. They, and basically they can shoot you. Since 2014, there, there was like a, a kind of escalation of um, between Palestinian and Israelis. And there is something that became like, became familiar that like if you are driving 10 kilometers faster than should you while you are crossing or while you are heading toward a checkpoint, like Israeli soldiers have all the right to say that he is coming to uh, drive over me and will shoot you. Mm. I myself, I myself has been in in this situation 2016. I was uh, with my brother, and uh, we were ch- crossing the chick, like the main checkpoint between North and Central uh, West Bank, and he already we already crossed the the checkpoint, and he felt that he can speed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he speeded up, and there was a settler crossing, uh, like the road, like hundred meter ago, and like the soldiers next to us, like they just did they like there was two of them, they, and they uh, pointed their guns toward us, and like says, "Walk, stop, 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 stop," and it was like it was the most horrifying. Uh, Thing situation that I have ever been in specifically because there was a Palestinian who was shot because of the same reason 48 hours at the same place mm. and later I just decided like I just thought that if my brother was by himself he wouldn't survive mm. it was me, me him driving and the back seat there was my my nephew so uh they hesitated to shoot uh i don't know but like usually they try to shoot uh, the car with the one because they have a like they easily say that they can prove easy more easily that this guy is coming to drive over us mm. more than they can say that the, the, those three are coming to and i just when when I was I was I was mad at him, can you, yeah yeah, <laughs> like I was I mad at him. It's like it's 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 not his fault. He's like he he, he we already crossed the checkpoint. He was trying to speed up. He was going to work. It's like, and sometimes you just don't realize that like like you sometimes you oppress yourself. Mm, that's the thing I was going to say. Anywhere else in the world, you know, what does it matter it's... if you sped up after a roundabout or after a stop sign or. But yeah, at the first at the first minutes, like like I was I was I was uh, I was mad at him and like was shouting at him. But like it took me several minutes just to understand that it is not his fault. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault. And I later I just realized the the fact that if he was if he was by himself, God forbid, like he he was like like there was a great possibility that. He will be shot. So this is the 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 the, the, the what's movement and traveling in West Banks look like. You can can come 
like, like we can come come up with like many scenarios you you just don't know mm-hmm. uh, as as i said like the the road from ramallah where i live to my family in Jenin, like it's it's like one hour 30, 40 minutes but back in the days especially after the like 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 there was something uh, that was like an escalation between 2000 2000 and 2005 and that was called the second intifada or the second uprising up to 2007 it was taking me six hours mm-hmm. five hours sometimes just to cross this uh, this uh, and of course you you by then we 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 were not allowed to travel by these roads that I am talking about. We were trying to like through mountains, like just uh, hilly roads, and like uh, of course the the driver will charge you more because like his car is like a piece of crap now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, this is kind of uh, 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 like a little bit of what is moving around mm. those things and like. yeah yeah i've like i obviously follow the like i check palestinian news and i i speak to a lot of you so i know what is happening but i've noticed in australia um we are not getting news about the west bank at all like people are very unaware of what is happening in the west bank right now um but when i do check and I, i'm talking to a lot of you um janine is actually having a lot of a uh, hard time where your family is so i just wanted to check in and see how your family's going and and how the situation is there as well they are doing uh, doing okay it was like there was an incident uh last month uh, of course like my family uh, the most of the hard times is going uh, in the city and the, the the camp my family live uh, like 11 kilometers away in the in a small village north uh Jinin. and of course things are not quite there like occupation like the last two or three times I was in at my family home, I was smelling uh, and suffering from tear gas when I was in, in like in at house. Mm. And all of a sudden, I, I like I didn't see where where did it where did it come from. So like I was there was a like the the kids are around me as like I I I, I was felt like uh, uh like I was. For seconds, I, I didn't know what to do. Just like the kids are crying, and uh, they are. Uh, it took me seconds just to realize that you have to move them. You have inside, close the windows. But of course, they were like tears. They were like uh... anyway. So this is one of the. But during November, of course, uh, the, the the army in the last couple of months, the army just uh, come invade the village and occupy uh, uh, one of the houses and uh, make it like a military watching tower uh, sometimes for a day for a day sometimes for a week this happened with my family house like early early november and they they they, they invaded the home they read the home they expropriated all the the mobile from all members they put them in one room and they occupied the second floor and the top and uh, spent one 
like 24 hour one entire day using it as and i was like here in ramallah i couldn't communicate communicate with them one of my uh, family member like managed to hide her phone and it's like it was the only way that we can communicate with the family for 24 hours and like the act that i am living in a different city far away is like it was horrifying to me mm. no matter no matter how they tried to assure me that it's like we are safe you know I'm, it's not safe to be in like when especially for the kids like like armies like, like they are armed to the teeth literally armed to the teeth and they are just strooming and moving around uh, your house and there is kids who are like two years five years four years and i just don't want this kind of traumatizing situation to it's not it's in it's inhumane for like a two two mm-hmm. years or years old kid to to face such a situation while he is in his bedroom like it's like he's not doing anything like he didn't go for it like it's even in your bedroom you are not far away from what's going on yeah yeah which is just so hard to imagine but i'm glad your family is safe after that situation as well so they took their mobile phones but one of your family managed to keep a mobile phone yeah but we like oh uh, yeah the funny thing that we all know that there is a phone but we cannot call we, we don't want the rings yeah, of like, course of course we, we, i don't want we don't want anyone to notice that there is a phone that someone is on phone so she was the only one he's a, like on like on a regular basis she was sending a whatsapp message to one of the family member who are outside the house in the same village and they just uh share what they got what what's the latest news she sent us to assure us yeah i'm glad you had some kind of level of contact because that is terrifying so they came in and occupied the home for 24 hours what was the purpose what were they aiming to achieve um uh, resistance is going all over west bank yeah of course there is some in the in that village who are throwing stone basically basically throwing stone on on uh, on army but mm. such uh like such a thing can like yani, can get you killed literally because you are uh, uh, some, there is people who um, uh, get like 20 up to 20 years uh, jail sentence because you, simply you were uh, throwing stone so yeah the occupation came in to the village and make it uh like a military watchtower to mm. st- just to just to station for that night uh, and uh, just to do their military job yeah just watch the village from someone else's house <laughs> exactly and uh, because the house is a bit like it's a bit uh uh it's not the uh can can we say high it's not like high enough but like at the same time it's um uh, we, you if you are at the top of the house you can see the 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 the, the yard 
not the yard like there is a uh, an open space in the middle of the town where where like it's the most vital part of the village so the house is like overseeing that area and they just wanted to have an eye on that and of course before our before uh, my family's uh, house there was many other uh, houses and uh, they spent a week maybe uh, or several days like one it was luckily because it was only 24 hours for me because I, I i was at the village two weeks ago by then and i know that they occupied that house uh for my of my cousin for like an entire week mm. and i was horrified by the idea that they will do will stay the same time at my family and uh, luckily it ended in 24 hours but like it's something like not many of us can imagine, I don't think. It's just like being in your home and having an army, a very well-armed army coming in and taking your phones and just taking over the place for however long they need to uh, while you have no control over the situation. I just, yeah, I don't think many of us can really imagine what that's like. Uh, even like no matter how it, this is horrifying, but compared to... Uh, m- after midnight raids that intended to arrest Palestinian, mm. this like consider a peaceful. This is considered peaceful. Like, uh, maybe we need to say that since sixty-seven, occupation have arrested. I'm not sure of the exact st- statistical number, but like at well, least it's probably both- going up right now while we're talking. Uh, it's like more than one million million Palestinian has been arrested since sixty seven up to, mm. to and uh, these arrests happen uh, usually uh, after like between midnight and early uh, hours of uh, morning and um, sometimes they not sometimes all the time they don't knock. It mm-hmm. don't come nicely. Uh, they surround the house, and uh, sometimes they have like a hammer, and it's like an automatic hammer just to uh, hit the door and open it all at once. And uh, just imagine that this horrifying experience at like three a.m. Mm. You you are sleeping with like uh, kids at the home, uh, like kids. Uh, and uh, sometimes they do not use this uh, sometimes they just explode the like the explosive charge and they just explode the, explode the door mm-hmm. and uh, of course at, when they are try- attempting to arrest they are trying to arrest someone uh, they they like like they assault they hit the everyone at home at home like uh, especially i'm always worried about the kids who live is like seeing your brother or seeing your mother or seeing your father uh, at uh, at the age of three years old like mm. being arrested humiliated uh, beating in front of you at uh, at 3 
a.m. in the morning, it's it's uh, it's inhumane experience to to, and I can't like, I myself haven't been in this specific situation, but like, I can't imagine like that a child can ever forget such mm. an experience. Yeah, but I, I I don't think. No, no. It's something that will live with you for a very long time. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's the crazy thing too. So in the media at the moment, as we know right now, there's what they're calling a truce um, with Gaza and everything as well, where they're releasing what they're calling Palestinian prisoners uh, in exchange for Israeli hostages um but what what i don't think a lot of the media is showing is just how many people are actually being arrested right now um so they're saying they're they've released what 150 palestinians at the moment um are we up to 150 uh yesterday yeah yeah but, yeah but since october 7 they uh, they arrested 3000 plus mm. on average time there will be uh, five between five thousand to seven thousand Palestinian prisoner, and maybe we 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 talk elaborate a bit more about like prison prison prisoners in the uh, Palestinian prisoners. So yeah. the the arrest is going exactly as we mentioned seconds ago. Um, a, there is something that we call they call uh, administrative detention mm. where you get arrested uh, and you do not uh, go to a trial it's like it's three months or six month uh, uh, period and then they just have all the reason just to say re like renew it and they do this with uh, Maybe we need to say that this is a, like a British policy since since the British mandate in the twenties and the thirties. So the first one who applied the the uh, the, the applied this administrative detention was the British, and as we all know, like colonizers learn from each other and accumulate knowledge. So the Israelis continued the same policy so you don't go to a trial there is just uh they say that there is a secret file uh the whatever the intelligence whatever they just uh, tell the quote-unquote like the judicial system that this guy uh, we have a secret file on this guy so he and they ask that he could be administratively detained and there is people who spent like today's i think there is 100 1500 I'm, I'm not sure but like something around this uh, who are administrative administratively detained we need to say that conviction rates we need to say that who prisoners are civilian by international law if you are going to speak that language prisoners are civilian they mm -hmm. then they should be uh, go through a civilian judicial system but yeah. they go or uh, like uh, through a military judicial system uh, with a conviction rate of it uh, 98 99 percent 
conviction uh, there is uh, like luckily now there is more there is no kids and women's in israeli prison uh, because uh, the the during the exchange like most of them the overwhelming majority of kids are out now but you can you can uh yeah there is like 12 12 years kids uh who who yeah, arrested over like throwing stone and mm. get a five year or six year uh, uh, most of these uh, like save the children several months ago had like a report like saying that like 86 of them has been uh, assaulted mm. uh, beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is like a majority that uh, uh, and been tortured uh, psychologically and physically uh, there is uh, uh, like almost half of these kids uh, being harassed sexually harassed uh, and threatened uh, the, the the statistics like when you are read these kind of statistics about children it's like uh, it's it's shocking Absolutely. It's like you were mentioning before, it's like that we've got these little kids witnessing their parents get arrested or their brother get arrested and assaulted and and um, humiliated in their home. But then we've actually got children getting arrested and going through so much trauma as well. Um, and then it's sort of like, you know, how do they recover from that? And there is sometimes like, uh, sometimes that, for example, during November, the army went to arrest uh, a guy. He wasn't home. So they took his three year years old kid as a hostage to enforce his his father to turn himself in, mm. and that was happening like uh, in Naples as well. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's happening more frequently now. Uh, arresting the mother of someone who couldn't find at home, mm, or his mm-hmm. or his wife or his father. But like arresting a three years old kid just to force his father to it's it's um, uh, beyond description to me. Like mm, beyond... it is, and this is the thing I think um what people need to understand as well as what we're talking about um like hasn't just started because of October seventh. Obviously, it's heightened right now, and the rate of things that are going on um is has increased, but. All of these situations that you're describing, a lot of these things have been going on for a long time. It's just that the rate has now increased. Um, And what people are starting to realize is what what the experience for Palestinians is really like. Whereas I feel like before this period of time, um, a lot of people weren't aware of how life was for Palestinians, or maybe they weren't even believing a lot of the um, things they may have heard about the experience of Palestinians as well. Whereas right now, people are becoming much more aware um, of what is actually happening and what has been happening much uh, like a long time before October seventh. Yes, it is like it is. It is just that um, it is just escalating. It's not something new, as I said earlier. That uh, since January one to October six, uh, Israeli army and the settlers killed more than 250 Palestinian in the West Bank. Mm, mm-hmm. 
so uh, yeah it's it's not something new it's just now what all 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 kind of oppression now it's just the same and higher with a higher more frequency and higher level that's mm -hmm. the that's yeah now this is going to be tough and i'm not even sure where we're going to go with this this part of the conversation um but what do you think what 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 would you what would you like to see happen what is a potential um path or like at least partial step forward from here for palestinians mm, i said i am an optimist okay well this I is good I, I probably framed it in a way that wasn't as optimistic as it could have been <laughs> I'm an optimist, and uh, in fact, it's not just optimism. It's uh, it's re like it's reading the reality, and I am saying that more and more, I becoming uh, I become more convinced in that uh, occupation is not our destiny, uh, and uh, we are going to liberate Palestine. The first time I like. Uh, I came to like say, saying this loudly to myself was 2014. Uh, we don't not go to every single details of those, but like yeah, there was a war in Gaza, blah blah blah, and many things happened that just make me realize that Palestine. I, I was telling my one of my friends that Palestine is this close this close and I just now realize how close we are like Palestine is not far a free Palestine is not far I mean and uh, every single day then since then I am having growing hope like hope optimism and as well as uh, like political analysis is saying that we are going to liberate the country mm the aftermath of October 7 is like beyond imagination. Imagine, I don't know the exact word here. But every time I try to make the scenario, the the, the aftermath is like beyond my imagination. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. uh, but we need to rea realize the fact that occupation will not go easily and will not go peacefully. Uh, what happened in Gaza, this genocide happening in Gaza, and who can live with the, like, how they can live with the idea that you can cut off electricity about neonatals, babies, in incubator, and still calling that a self-defense? So if if the status quo, if the like the in, so-called international community is still backing the occupation, then there's no no other ways it's going to be violent, unless that there was a kind of a shift that to find uh, like a political solution. Mm. But upon like my understanding this kind of political arrangement might include Gaza. But West Bank, with almost 800 settlers, Israeli settlers in 
a West Bank, like it's it's like impossible, and yeah, that's it. yeah. Um, another question I just want to ask you before we do finish up, but what are your favorite things about Palestine and Palestinian culture? Music. <laughs> yep. So the, the local music. Yeah. Like many things actually music and, uh, the, the, the ability to, and the willing and the ability to steadfast under this inhumane, beyond imagina- imagination uh, situation. But we still live our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, it's like like steadfastness, resistance become like, like something embedded in your gene, like literally. Because like wedding songs are talking about steadfastness talking about like the resistance uh, uh like going to your to your work uh, living your life uh, is a form of steadfastness and resistance because yeah. spe- specifically uh, there is a word in uh, about settler colonialism uh, that they won't eliminate you or their purpose, their target, their objective is to eliminate you because who you are and where you are. In this sense, staying at your home, your hand just tied to your chest, this means that you are an obstacle in the way of something we call settler colonial project. Going out of, of of your home, living your life, go to your school, go to your job, uh, living your social life, the daily social life, is a form of steadfastness and like and resistance. And I think, and I can say that um, this is the most thing that I like about Palestine, that in the last eight decades, they, like they are trying to eliminate us in every single possible way that they they know or they can do, but here we are living our life, living our day, and like life just goes on, like wedding parties, uh, life, life, like, like the daily life is going with all its components, it's going on at the same time. Mm, yep, that's actually so true. So true. It's such a beautiful thing. And I can see why even now you want to go visit your family and just, you know, enough's enough. It's time. <laughs> it's time, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed or if you've um, ever had a chance to see, but at the end of every podcast, um, I ask every guest the same five questions, but they're just for your, like, just a gut answer, like a quick answer. So you don't need to like worry too much, but it's just to like, yeah, close off in a, in the same way each time. So are you okay if I ask you these five questions before we finish? Yeah, I, 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 I've listened to one of at least two. Uh, I came across one of you asking the five questions, but I can't remember them. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> All right, the first question is, what did you want to be when you were a kid? 
Now I remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- there was a time uh, I, I was, um, I wanted to be a pilot, but like most of like uh, the thing that I was insisted on, it was like a tennis player. Oh, cool. Did you play tennis? No. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The second question is, what are your two top values? Two? Your two top values. So like your, the values, yeah, that you hold the most, like only two. Can we, can I say optimism is the first? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Optimism and um, value. It's like, yeah. Yeah, this is the time that when you think it's like it's hard to give short question about these things. It is. Choose. It is. <laughs> you can just have one if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, optimism and like I can see that this is a value, but it is. It's definitely not a value, but like it is something that I believe strongly in. Seeing the the full picture, seeing the sides. Uh, of every single thing here, exact specifically here in Palestine. At the same time, that you have all these losses, you have to see the other side of hope, of determination, uh, and that's it. Mm, I love that. That's a beautiful one. All right, the third question is a little bit fun and it's a bit silly, um, but I don't know if you remember. But I'm really into boxing. <laughs> Um, so the third yeah. question is, if you were going to have a boxing fight, what would be your walkout song? So the song that they play while you're walking out to have your fight. It's uh, the first song come to my mind. It's uh, it's for a Lebanese singer, Fairuz. Ah, I know. Yeah, I remember listening to Fairuz. <laughs> yeah, and it's called the Yam Yamhayrit Al Alali. I will try to translate this. It's like uh, it's oh uh, the horse of heights. Cool. I'm gonna check that out. I was in the link. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> um, the fourth question is: um, if you could collaborate with anyone, so if you could like work with anyone, make a project with anyone, um, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, actually, he's sitting in my kitchen. My closest friend in this world is named Muhammad. And actually, I'm using his uh, his headphones. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he said, yeah, since I am bringing you the, the, the headphones, I will come work in your kitchen while you... Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I so, love that. Yeah, and we, we have a lot of projects in uh, that we did in our life and we still do so he's the best guy that i would love to yeah awesome amazing um and then the last question is a is a pretty big one but it's if um if you could recommend one step that everyone could take towards healing what would it be healing yeah 
generally or like are we still talking about Palestinian? <laughs> well, just generally, generally speaking. <laughs> but I mean, you can think about even people in Palestine, what would it take for them to heal? <clears throat> to heal, I mean, um, I'm always like, I am. There is an idea called the, upper, uh, the, the power of noun. Uh, it's like a kind of philosophical yogoistic uh, idea. It's like we human tend to be trapped in the past and we they call us, uh, like they call this group like nostalgic and uh, and always they are like unhappy or um, uh, mourning or something that already happened. Yeah. But you cannot you cannot reverse the past and the, there is a, a the other group who see the future so they are they are uh, just running 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 to reach something that is undefined and even if you define it and you find it like subconsciously you sitting another goal and you just keep like spent your life trapped in the future and wishing for something to happen so the trick is just to live the moment and uh, what they call the, the power of now. The mm. power of, of living the present, not mourning over things that have already happened that you cannot, you don't, you don't have control of or you cannot reverse the past and do not get trapped in the future because it, I will assure you, it's, it will come and you, you can deal with it when it's there. Uh, this does not mean that you don't have you, you don't need to plan, but like don't wait mm. something. To... And just realize the power of now, feeling control of what's actually, and be aware of what's actually happening. Mm. Right I love that because that almost links back to what you're saying about what you love about Palestinians the most is that life you still live life. And you still embrace life and, and that's, yeah, it's the power of now. Like no matter what the circumstances are, you're still living your life. Mm. Thank you so much, Yahya. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Is there something we haven't covered or anything you wanted to share before we finish up? Man, I can assure you that there is a lot of things that I didn't cover. But... <laughs> I know. We could have talked for like three, four, five, six hours. <laughs> yeah. But... Um... Uh, I think like we 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 covered like we gave a a, a, a good like a, a fair uh, perspective of what's life look like in the West Bank and uh, for like uh, your listener your um, your listener your audience I mean uh, I I I encourage you to search more and. Uh, know more about what's actually going on palestine there is a lot to know it's it's shocking but uh, it's eye-opening as well and um, i urge you to search and mm. uh, don't let anyone to tell you what's actually going on not even me uh, go see it search it for yourself I might actually, in the show notes uh, where people can read, I might actually uh, put some links that you've given me 
um, yeah, that people can access where they can get some, some very valid information as well. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Megan. And I wish, I wish I'm now banned from being uh, to travel outside Palestine, but like, so I will wait until we replace the country. Like this is, <laughs> this is the way that this is like one of, one of the more famous talks in Palestine. We will wait uh, until the country is free and we will uh, have a very pleasant time here in Palestine very soon. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to come back and visit. <laughs> Thank you, wonderful listeners, for making it right to the end of the podcast. We appreciate you. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe, give us a rating. We'll be dropping a new episode roughly once per fortnight, so you can stay tuned for the next one. Thank you.